Hello and welcome to Everything I Did Wrong as a Church Planter, a million-part series. My name is Logan Wolf, and my wife and I have been in Provo, Utah for nearly 13 years now as church planters. And uh, man, as I shared in previous episodes, our ministry has taken a number of forms during that time. We started as a mobile church meeting in the conference center of a hotel. Uh, Five years into that, we navigated a church merger, absorbed another ministry, and became multi-site overnight with buildings and staff in two different counties. And uh, after almost four years of doing that, we offloaded the entire structure, phased out the staff, and we're now functioning as a network of house churches across the state of Utah. And my hope and uh, purpose in this podcast is to basically just walk back through all that and to kind of break it apart and highlight what I would do differently if I were doing it all over again, Uh, if I were pursuing those same courses of action, if I was in the mobile uh, church setup again, or if I was in multi-site again, um, as well as what I would do differently and just knowing what I know now. just And so there's a lot of things I think I would do just completely different. And my, my purpose is to save you some of that frustration and heartache and headaches that we went through, um, as well as just your, you know, your your energy and your time and your money, um, which I think we go in some of these situations just needlessly wasted a lot of those things. And so uh, I hope it's helpful and encouraging to you. I've been in this season. Um, this is season two of the podcast. I've been kind of focusing on that time between our moving to Utah and our grand opening service or our launch service. And I've had actually in this season, I've actually had a number of of guests with me. And the fact the previous two episodes, I had uh, some guys here in Utah. In fact, one even in Provo where I live. Uh, We had Chris Murray and we had Doug Lane. Both of them came as church planters, started something and for various reasons had shut it down. And um, and then we had just a couple weeks ago, I recorded uh, an episode I've not posted it yet, but with a new friend, Matt Manny on the East Coast. And uh, all three of those episodes, I mean, Matt's episode is a great conversation, nearly an hour long. We're getting to some, there's some practical stuff there, but those three as a whole, I feel like there's a lot of, the, the, a lot of mistakes were kind of internal. Uh, I think Doug talked about identity and attaching his identity to the work. And Chris talked about being kind of enamored with the end result and not, you know, really focusing on the present and the work that's necessary to get to that end result. And and I'm not going to spoil Matt's conversation for you. But um, so before I post Matt, I just thought, hey, I'm going to break this up a little bit, jump back into kind of our story here in Utah and bring something that I hope is just very practical um, to you, maybe as you are um preparing to labor uh, or are laboring in your in your city right now so I just want to I want to kind of interject uh, between those those interviews with those other brothers so what I want to focus on today is how we this is how we use community events to build a mailing list rather to, than to share the gospel instead of sharing the gospel we used community events to build a mailing list instead of using them to share the gospel. So here's, let me just share the story and then I'm going to break this, break this apart for you. We came uh, May, 2011. I shared in a previous episode, like we had planned to launch September uh, of 2011. 
too quick. Like I, again, I want to reiterate what I've already said in a whole nother episode. That was not enough time for our family, my wife and I, to get acclimated to a new city, a new culture, uh, wrap our heads around what God's calling us to do. We anyway, we moved in May. We jumped right in. So I don't remember reading this um, in any of those church planning books that I've I've mentioned before. They may it may have. I don't. I'm not trying to take credit for anything. Um, but I had it in my mind that once we got here, we would just participate in any community event that we could get booth space at. So any public fair, festival, expo, anything like that where we could buy booth space. Um, I was like, we're going to show up and we're going to, we're going to promote this grand opening service and we're going to solicit contact info. We're going to keep people up to date and we're going to invite them to this. And we're going to have this huge grand opening. Like that was this, this image of grandeur in my mind, right? We're going to, we're going to be everywhere. And, and that was just one piece of what was a very busy few months leading up to the grand opening service where we were taking invitations door to door and we were doing a bunch of advertising and mailers and all this kind of stuff. Community events was just part of it. And so in my mind, I'm thinking the purpose of this is we're going to, we're going to garner contact information. So we moved in May, our very first community event we participated in was in June, right off the bat, we're, we're hitting it. In fact, we did, we did several community events, um, leading up to to the grand opening service. So here's what I mean by community event. Here's the types of things we were participating in. The farmer's market. So from the, you know late spring through through early fall, there's a, a a weekly farmer's market. And we were there at least once a month, if not sometimes, you know, twice. Um, so the farmer's market, uh, the Freedom Festival, which is here in Provo. It's the largest 4th of July festival in Utah. Um, tens of thousands of people come through it. It's a multi-day event, depending on how the holiday falls. Um, I think it's as much as like three and a half days, almost four days uh, of an event. Um, the Utah Valley Wood Carving Show. We got space at the Utah Valley Wood Carving Show. Um, man, it was ridiculous. The Chamber of Commerce. We joined the Chamber of Commerce. Um, I don't think that was necessary. I know a lot of church planners jump in and do that. And I, I almost wonder if they do that because they see other church planners doing that. Someone needs to break the chain. Don't join it. You're not, you're not, it's not a, you're not a business. Um, and you're not, yeah, I just, I thought it would be a good networking piece and it really, it, it really was not. And so, but I would show up at those meetings and if you sponsored the, the monthly meeting, you would get booth space at those events. So every month we had a booth at the Chamber of Commerce. And then a couple of times a year, they would do these business expos where it was basically, uh, I think a full evening of base open to the public where they'd have this, you'd have booth space and people come through and there's door prizes and all this kind of stuff. Um, those are fun events. I remember one of them was in an, uh, an airplane hangar over at the Provo airport. Like it was, it was a cool event. Uh, but we were there at those each, each time they had one of those, the Utah Valley women's expo, uh, over here at, uh, at UVU was a multi-day event. You'd have a booth there again, tens of thousands of people tailored specifically for women and uh, we'd, we'd show up there and set up a booth. And then after the merger, when we were in a different county, we were focusing on some stuff in Salt Lake County. So we were at Taylorsville Days um, up there, which is another multi-day event, kind of like a summer fair. And then um, I think some stuff with the Chamber of Commerce up that way. So again, I know I'm missing some, but lots of different events. And so we would just slam our calendar with these things. And like, we're going to show up. We're going to be there. We're going to be present in the, in the public eye. People are going to see us. And... We did. And I don't, again, I think 
I don't think that necessary desire to be out and in, in the public was wrong. I think we we handled it poorly. Like I think all that time and energy was wasted. <laughs> and so um, here, let me just go through how that would go. So we'd go to these events and we'd have the booth space. Oftentimes it was, you get your 10 by 10 pop-up tent. And so we had a pop-up tent and we put a, you know, an eight foot table in there right up to the edge, you know, of the sidewalk, we kind of sit back in it. Some kind of, if it was an evening thing, we'd have lights or a fan or whatever, if it's outside, uh, we'd have a banner with our church's name on it. Um, we'd have the table drape over the table and then like books and Bibles, things we were given away. And at every single one of those events, uh, we were doing some kind of drawing. That's how we were soliciting, um, contact information, except for the Utah Valley wood carving show, the Utah Valley wood carving show. We actually had, wood burning kits. And so kids could come and um, do wood burning as, as we would try to invite their, their parents or whatever to uh, the grand opening service or to our, yeah, to our grand opening service. So um, we're at these events, uh, books, Bibles, this kind of stuff. The drawings were, I think, typically the same. Most time we were giving away some kind of video game system. I know we gave away, um, we gave away, uh, Nintendo Wii's a lot of times, like at the Freedom Festival, we gave away um, at the Women's Expo. I think it was some kind of big gift basket. We were there a couple times, and it was, you know, with, uh, candles and books and uh, um, a leather-bound Bible, and I think some kind of you know Afghan or something like that. So anyway, there was always some kind of drawing, and we'd have these forms, and they uh, they would fill out the form, and the form was. Form was too long. Uh, maybe it's another mistake. The form was too long. It was like your name, address, email address, phone number. Uh, how can we pray for you? So there's these lines, and there's like two some check boxes. Like, do you attend a church somewhere? Again, Utah is one of the most church states in America because of of the high Mormon population. So everyone's like, yeah. Uh, are can we send you information about um, our church? And it might have been one or two. Like it was, and it's on a, it's on a, essentially it was a four by six index card. We'd have those printed. Um, way too long, way too long. And so people would fill those out. We put those in the box and then we were going to um, draw, draw the winner. Um, let me just say this. I've got a list of things I would do differently that I'm going to touch on. But I, while I did not write this, but I will do this right now. If you're going to do some kind of form, you have people fill out for like a drawing or, or, or whatever at an event like this, I'd keep it very short. Um, I, I mean, I would almost like name and email address or you know, whatever you're going to, however you're going to do your follow-up. Like, I don't think we needed to try to solicit all of that info from them. If they, if you reach, you know, you get that second touch, they reach back out, you can f- get more of that information. But I think sometimes the length of the form discourages people from participating. So anyway, we collect all these, all these forms sort through them and we would do a follow-up and but because we did collect all this information we do a couple of things so if they said we could send them more information about the church we'd add them to one mailing list right so we have their mailing address email address phone number if they said no but they still gave us their contact information we would at least send something to them thanking them for stopping by our booth reminding them about say the grand opening service or any other special service, you know, down the road. And then we would kind of toss that information. And so um, everyone was getting some kind of follow-up and uh, it was usually the form of a, just a a letter. Um, And then of course, if they said, yes, we put their name in a a database where we could do that, um, like an automated call to them. Um, 
an email blast to them. You know, anyway, we were not very, we were not, the follow-up was terrible. The follow-up was awful. Um, so we did all this. What we, we failed to do in that is, is we didn't share the gospel there. So we're at all these events, tens of thousands of people passing us over the course of these events. And we're very much focused on, hey, enter to win our drawing. Enter to win our drawing. And, you know, because I'll give you some more information about our church later. And then if you show up there, again, two, three steps down the road, I'll tell you about Jesus there, that service. And I think part of that was my own lack of competence and confidence when it comes to sharing the gospel. And I talked about that in season one of this podcast, just I didn't know how to make a disciple. And so there was I, there was fear in my heart to try to, in, in those settings, um, no guardrails, no safety, you know, someone comes up and we had people, uns, you know, we, not even like we tried to engage them, like they came, approached us hostile. Um, and so I think there was just this fear of, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And um, so there was very little gospel sharing going. There was some, there was some, but oftentimes it was fill out this, also here some free books and Bibles. And we were giving away, you know, just those paperback Bibles. And uh, what else? We gave away, um, I think Carrie Schmidt has a book called Done. We thought that was appropriate for the context. Also kind of the guy would be, you know, kind of juxtaposed to Carrie Schmidt, but um What's how good's good enough? Who who wrote how good's good enough? Andy Stanley, um, and then we had another booth because we did some advertising at a local gym, Avasa. We, they let us have booth space there once, like in the lobby. Like they would let us set up a booth, so we would sit in the lobby of this gym at a booth for like three or four hours in the evening. And we had a book called uh, it's a Christian book, like First Aid for mental health or something like that. I'll, I'd have to look it up. I'll put, if I find it, I'll put it in the show notes. But again, all we were doing there even was soliciting contact information and um, in, in various ways. So uh, we didn't share the gospel. I think that is a huge missed opportunity. Like if you come as a church planner, why are you waiting until you're in a quote unquote church service to tell people about Jesus? Like I, I again, I, we're called to go and make disciples, and Christ tells us as we do that, He builds the church. And so, I think the foremost thing at the front, you know, what, what should we be giving all of our energy to is I'm going to go share the gospel and try to make disciples. And if I make disciples, I'll pull them together, and we'll uh, we'll begin to gather as a body, as a church. But until you have made disciples, like I don't think it makes sense to say I've started the church. So anyway, we didn't share the gospel. Huge, huge missed opportunity. I also feel like those booths were unfocused because you're at these events, you've got books and Bibles that we tried to put on theme. They didn't always look like at the farmer's market, the, the wood carving show. Um, the books were never on theme at the business expo. I think we were giving away a book um, called business by the book and uh, which is a Christian business book. And so we we're again, trying to be on theme um, as much as possible, but you're there and then you're, doing the drawing, which is usually not related to some of the stuff on the table. And then you're promoting the service and you're kind of, you're a church and there's this, like, there's like, I don't go to the farmer's market thinking I'm going to get, I'm going to get some tomatoes and hopefully some good gospel today. Like, it's not <laughs> <laughs> like maybe like, 
we were, we, I, there was this acute awareness that we were putting ourselves in places where people wasn't expecting to see the church, which was part of the reality of we wanted to expose ourselves to the people. But then also it's like, are you offering something that makes sense that you're there? Are you trying to have a conversation that makes sense that you're there? And and we never were, like I felt like the booth was always, those booths were kind of always kind of unfocused and, and maybe torn in two different places. Again, I think hindsight tightened all that up. Got I would probably have gotten rid of the drawing. I probably would have narrowed down the content that we had on the table to give away. Um, and my main goal would have been maybe just trying to interact with people and have some conversations, maybe asking some good questions, which I'll get to in a minute because we tried to do this even just recently. Um, the mailing list we assembled out of that. So again, in my mind, this is part of like, we're going to gather all these these names, this contact info, and we're we've, in, in conjunction with advertising and mailers and, and all this kind of stuff, we're going to blast the community with these invitations to our grand opening service, and we're going to pack out that conference center, and it's going to be awesome. And that did not happen. The mailing list was awful. It was worthless. And, and I think partly because people are they're filling it out for the drawing. Most everybody says, no, I don't, I don't want information about your church. Um, some of them was just, it was their name and their phone number. Some people would just put their name, which I, like, why well, I don't even know why they went through the motion of doing that. Cause even if they drew it and they won, I have no way to get up with you. Uh, so I don't, I don't know what they were thinking, but, and then like we send out that email, like everyone who gave us an email, we sent out an email, uh, after an event and almost immediately, I think more than 50% of them unsubscribe, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it wasn't what they were. We were trying to, they weren't coming looking for spiritual conversations and we weren't even at the booth trying to initiate necessarily spiritual conversations. And so it felt, again, it was contrived. It, it was, it was awful. So the mailing list was junk. So all that effort, all that money, all that time, days at some of those events, junk. To, and I know this because not just the unsubscribe rate, but 13 years ministry in Utah. We've done tons of these events. There's never been one person to show up in any of our services at any, when we were mobile, when we were multi-site, even that, no one has ever shown up at a service because of those events. Now, that's not to say they won't like there may be someone there may be someone who's kept that invitation that flyer in their you know coffee table drawer and you're going to stumble across it you know years later and say oh yeah and then they'll look up um they'll look up the name of the church and it won't be there because we've changed names because of the merger so even that like yeah like this <laughs> it's just a, it's all it's a wash man it's a wash um, no one came from it. I think another mistake we made with those events is not just the, the absence of gospel centric conversations and the terrible, you know, the follow up and, and what came of that, but we persisted in doing those events long after our grand opening service. Now I was just in Chula Vista, California, talking with our brother out there, Amos, he's a church planter there. And I don't know how we got onto that conversation, but he talked about was telling me how maybe I was just sharing this frustration with him. Anyway, he was before their grand opening service, they did some big community events like that where they had a booth and they were inviting people to the grand opening service. And then after the grand opening service, they basically just phased all those out. And I wish we had done that. Like we like if the goal if if the goal was just to get our name out there and maybe share the like try to make some disciples get some you know, share the gospel with people ahead of the service. Well then once the service comes 
it would have been, I think it would have been smart for us to kind of pull back. We kept a ferocious um, rate of community events. Again, at least one or two a month all year long in the summer. Not, there's a lot more going on. So we were pushing some, some months we were pushing like three. So every weekend almost is spoken for uh, th- th- there in those early years. And again, there's that first calendar year after our grand opening service. Um, we launched with, uh, again, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but we launched with only 14 people, two of them, me and Grace and my wife, some friends from three, I think were friends from out of town. And I think, uh, so it's single digit locals. So 14 people total. And then the next Sunday and for the next calendar, like the next full year, the next 12 months, no one showed up. Like it was just me and my wife. I would, I would set up and I'd preach to my wife and even, so it's just me and her and we were still running all these booths ourselves. Now we had some mission teams and stuff during the summers and we'll talk about that in a different episode, but we just kept this rate. Like we're going to show up at all these things and it was exhausting. And of course we were burning through, like, it's not cheap. You got to, it's the rental, you know, the, the booth fee and then the materials you're using and all this kind of stuff. And some, some of them has more upfront costs than others, but like you're just burning through your, your energy, your resources. And it was just awful. And so I think it would have been smart for us to do several big events leading up to the grand opening service and then maybe as as we got to you know we built the church as, as we disciples were made and people were coming together like hey we're gonna do you know one or two next year and you guys can help us and the next year maybe we'll add one and, and we'll just kind of keep it a little looser and a little more fluid. Um, we just did not have enough help. We did not have enough help to keep doing what we were doing. Um, and it would have been great to have it because not I mean not just to solicit contact, but if we were sharing the gospel, it'd have been awesome if we had more than two people out there, you know, kind of engaging people. I think another thing, maybe this last thing before I kind of shift to some suggestions, um, is some of the, some of the ways the events were set up is it could appear competitive between us and other churches that may have been there. And I can think of only a couple of events. There wasn't churches at all those events. Like some of those events, we were the only, like we were out of place, you know, like the wood carving show, every booth is, they're there whittling, showing you what they've made. And then we're all like, kids come burn this. And <laughs> I told them. So, um, but there's a couple of events, Taylorsville days one year, and then the freedom festival one year where they, whoever was in charge of assigning booth spots, put all the churches in one space. And it, it had the sense of like, we're in competition with each other. Now, I don't know if any of us would have come out and said that. If I'm, if, I mean, in my heart, I pro- I know, because that's something I've struggled with. Like I, I probably felt that. Like this is ridiculous. Like why would you put us here? Because the people, you know, you're kind of feeding that consumer. They're going to come here, and then they're going to compare us to them, and they're going to compare them to them, and it's just kind of like shopping around. And I, I just, I, I wish we had done something a little more collaboratively. Um, you know, and so in fact, that, that's let me make this transition here. I am not against community events, like looking back on it, I don't think, oh, I would never do that again. I actually would. I would just incorporate all the changes that I've already mentioned in some of these I'm about to list out here. In fact, to that point earlier this summer, so this is 2023, um, Vineyard Days was taking place. And I thought, I don't live in Vineyard, but I'm you know close to it. And I knew some brothers that lived over there from a t- couple different churches. And I thought, okay, I'm going to just ask them if I apply for a booth for a booth space, would they come with me? We'll we'll work it in shifts. So no one's going to be there all day long by themselves. We'll work it in shifts. 
and we're not going to promote any of our churches. We're just going to try to share the gospel. In fact, one of the brothers had the idea, they had some banners they'd try to use before, like questions to try to uh, initiate conversations, like what is hope or what is faith? Or I forget the ones, he, he had like four or five. Um, and so we're just going to use those. We'll prep everybody how to use those as a conversation starter. And we're just going to try to talk to people. And then the goal was going to be if any conversation turns promising, someone maybe repents and believes, or someone's like, I want to learn more. That'll be your person to follow up with. Like we don't, ha- like, that's your responsibility. And so I, like, that's that collaborative nature that I'm talking about. So I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. Now, our booth application was rejected on a ridiculous technicality. And so that didn't happen this, this summer. And we were all kind of bummed about it. But I, I think it does highlight the fact that I'm I'm looking back on the years that we've done booths. I've learned some things and I was willing to go back and try something different. Okay. So let me kind of bring this down to some practical stuff here. Um as we as we wrap up. I would say one, if you're just looking like you're in a new you're in your city, you don't like what do I what are you learning about these events? I mean, jump on your city's calendar. Like, you know, I would go to Provo City's website, look at their community event calendar. I would go to one of the college's website, look at community event calendar. I'd look at, you know, you could just Google community event calendars city state whatever it is um and just pick things and you know we we found so much in fact we we found a ton of stuff that we flirted with applying for booth space and ended up not because of maybe some cost or some different things but there was there's tons of options and so we we just found all that kind of stuff online so i encourage you to do that i think a question to ask as you do that is is this a good fit for us is this a good fit for us um and by that i, I think will it Will it allow for gospel-centric conversations? Now, some of those events we were at, there's other stuff going on. They're loud and people are coming and going. Like, there's no one really stopping anywhere. And, and so it, other than like handing stuff out, that's some events, that's all you're going to get. But if the goal is, like I said, I wish we'd done it. If, if the goal is to actually try to draw people into spiritual conversations, try to share the gospel as, as clearly and as, as often as possible, that, will the event allow that? And so like, how, I'd ask questions like, what's the, the attendance at the event and what's the venue like and all those kind of stuff. And, and, how, and I would even kind of, again, in our setting, I, w- I wish we'd set up our booth differently to kind of pull people in. We put our, our, our booth and the table right up against it. And so there was like, I wish we had created space that people could kind of step in and talk to us a little bit um, and make that maybe more conversational. I don't know, some kind of, some kind of sitting area or something. I don't know. We could, we could have done some, a bunch of different things there, but I just, will, will this, um, facilitate meaningful conversation. I think another thing to ask, we're asking, is it a good fit? Is do you have the resources to do it well? Uh, it goes back to that point I said about being unfocused. Like if it's the women's expo, I mean, how are you going to, how are you going to present your ministry, how, even frame the gospel in a way that speaks to that niche, you know? And so um, I think that's something to consider is can we, can we fit in here? Does that, does that make sense to be here? Um and there's some of community events, like Utah's got a bunch of events that I just, I just wouldn't show up at. Like, I just, I don't think this is a place, this is not what we're going to be. Uh, but then also, again, back to the resources, do you have the money or the, and the volunteers? Like, it's okay. Like I was fine that this first few events was just me and Grayson. If we were only doing a hand, you know, a couple of events leading up to the grand opening service and it was just me and her, that would have been fine. But to try to do that for years with just a handful of people was exhausting. And I think also consider the the funds, like the farmer's market for a nonprofit, um, they were letting us in. I mean, it was like less than 10 bucks. It might've been 10 bucks. I don't know. It was something, something cheap, but we looked at other events. Like there was a big outdoor expo 
again, probably an event that didn't make sense for us to be there. But Big Outdoor Expo, we looked at getting a booth at the booth fee, no break for nonprofits, no breaks for churches, because why would you be there? Uh, but it was seven hundred and fifty dollars. So it's like, man, that's a that's a lot of money. So the booth fee, and on top of if you haven't done an event before, I mean, just the initial one one off kind of expense, you know, the pop up tent. Um, you know, if you're doing a multi-day one, you got to have a tent that you can zip up and close. You've got to have your tables or displays or whatever, any, any materials you're giving away. And if you, I'll, I'll, so there's, there's a lighting, all that kind of stuff. There's, there's, there's one-time expenses. And then those will, those will obviously, uh, that becomes cheaper, the more events that you do. Um, but I think you have the resources to do it and to do it well. Uh, I, I would suggest this, if you're going to do this is try to collaborate, try to collaborate, um, there's no reason to posture yourself as competition with any other Christian church ministry organization in your community. If there is, if there are other Christian ministries, churches, and organizations. Um, and so, man, like we didn't try to do here in vineyard days, I would reach out to others, brothers, other laborers in your community that you might know or could get to know and say, Hey, I'm thinking of doing this. Would you want to do it with us? We won't, I'm not, not, we're not going to promote any one church above the other, but what if we just got together and offered to pray with people? And offered to you know, try to have some spiritual conversations and kind of try to share the gospel and kind of did that together and built out some Christian unity and built out the body that way. I think that is huge instead of trying to like, our church is better than those churches and this is the best church in the world. And I'm like, what it, well, what if we just were the church in our community and we just, we pressed into that. So I, I would really encourage you to look for opportunities to collaborate. Um, and then I think this last thing here is um, know that it's okay to stop. <laughs> like just because... You start like we were at the Freedom Festival the first year, 2011. And so when 2012 came around, I thought, like, well, we did it last year. We'll do it this year. And then we'll do it this year. And then, and we, you just get in these patterns. Well, because we participated in the past, we've got to show up. The only event that I didn't feel bad about never showing up again was the Utah Valley Wood Carving Show. Like, that was just ridiculous. And. <laughs> I had, no, I had no qualms about not showing up there again. Um, anyway, but know that it's okay to stop. And I, and I think go back to our brother Amos's uh, experience and his advice. Like if you're trying to do this ahead of a, a launch service, a grand opening service, realize that that may be the only time you do it. Like it's okay to say, this is a season where we're going to be out there engaging people, having conversations, sharing the gospel. We got this big service coming up. We want to follow up and let people know about. And then when that happens, like, okay, our focus, Lord willing, especially if people we've repented and believed and now they're following Jesus, like Lord willing, your, your focus will shift because now you're going to develop some disciples and help them go out and share. And it's not going to all be on, on you. So I think just knowing that it's okay to stop, that you don't have to do those types of events indefinitely. Um, I, again, but I'm not against it. I think that's probably something I'm going to revisit again and try to do, you know, try to do a little better than we just did this summer with it and just use it as a means of collaboration and building out relationship with the, with the churches here in Utah County. So I hope this is helpful to you. Um, if it has been helpful, would you do me a favor? Would you please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already? Um, leave us a rating or review. That is a huge help to us. That helps other people find it. Uh, another way that would help people find it is if you know uh, a church planter, you're part of a church planting team um, or, or something like that. I mean, please pass this along. Just share it either on your social media or maybe just text it to someone. Share it from the the, the podcasting platform. Let them know about it because uh, we want to help. Man, if you're if you're 
on the field or you're preparing to go to the field where you feel like guys, we want to be a help to you. We want to be an encouragement to you. And, and again, spare you some of the, the many, many missteps that we have made here in Utah. So again, my name is Logan Wolf. I'm coming to you from my office in Provo, Utah. And this has been everything I did wrong as a church planter, a million part series. 